Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This episode of OutlanderCast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. For those of you looking to spruce up your makeup or skincare routine, I'm your girl. In addition to podcasting about shows that I love, like Outlander, I love to help people feel more confident and creative when it comes to their makeup. So you can learn more by heading to MinuteWithMary.com, but as special podcast listeners of ours, I do have a special discount every month. And this month, the month of February, it is for lip gloss. My lip gloss is fantastic. It's buttery smooth, not tacky, not sticky, super long lasting, has a mirror built on it. And there's a variety of colors. And you, my friends, get a nice 15% off discount just for being a listener and follower of Outlandercast. You can find out more by going to minutewithmary.com slash discount. Hi, this is Peg, coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona, Diana Gabaldon's hometown, and you're listening to OutlanderCast with Mary and Blake. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to OutlanderCast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sing me a song of a last song. Give me all of those lyrical lines. Give me those harmonies. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm music loving Mary. How's my name, it going? Oh, my name is Blake, and you know, I, I was not a big fan of this at, at, at the beginning. The I was intro, not the, the, intro. the new the music. New one, okay, mm-hmm. it just felt so foreign. It's growing on me. It's growing on me. I can tell it's growing on you as you like to often kind of conduct the intro as we get into these segments. My fake conducting? Yeah. It's just like a sway hand. One of my conductors frequently does that. We're like, where is two? Where is two? Uh, everybody everybody uh, that is watching us on Facebook Live and actually Instagram Live, you get to see my fake conducting, which is great because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what we're doing. But today we're talking about all the listener feedback. And uh, again, as always, this is easily one of my favorite episodes this is one of my favorite things to do uh when it comes to uh when it comes to outlander cast as always it just it is the best and not only that not only that we actually have a surprise guest that's uh, right it is uh actually one of our uh one of our executive producers katie valentine katie up on the screen here. Yes. Up on hey. the screen. So excited. Katie is coming at us live on Skype, and she's going to be joining us for this entire episode. Katie, tell us about yourself. Why don't you say hi, and tell us a little bit about your Outlander obsession before we get into uh, what we're talking about here for the listener feedback. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for the invitation. This is so much fun. I've been a book fan because for probably... For about a year before the show came out, and I was um, 
at some point reading one of the reading some clickbait that was like books you should read before the TV show comes out. And then I started reading them and I read them like all I read seven in a row. And then the eighth one came out uh, right as I finished the seventh book. So it was perfect timing. Yeah, yep. they've been watching the shows and I hooked into you guys when I was um, cleaning out a house when I was moving and I was like, I need new podcast. And I blasted <laughs> through your season one right before you got to season two. So, <laughs> hey, yeah. so here I am. when I'm not reading and watching Outlander, uh, I'm a spiritual coach. So I ran a Facebook group of about 5,000 people called the Metaphysical Christian. That Gosh. interests anyone? Come on over. I don't but. even know what that means. What does Metaphysical <laughs> Christian mean? Because I'm joining it. Yeah, I help connect Christians to practices that are metaphysical. So we talk about things that are like a little bit outside the church box and move away from any kind of fear or guilt or shame into new thriving spiritual life and relationship. So that's that's what I do all day every day and love doing it. And Outlander, you know, all these all these yes. metaphysical things happening in Outlander. So it appeals to me. Wow, very, excellent. very cool. Excellent. Awesome. Well, uh, we are going to be jumping into this episode, but before we do, we would love to invite all of you listening or viewing us live to come on in and subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, whatever podcast app of your choice, and then just search the words OutlanderCast. You can also find OutlanderCast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can also find Blake and I just by searching Mary and Blake, as we have a wide array of other podcasts. We also podcast about the show This Is us, which is currently, uh, it's going to be wrapping things up this month, actually, this yes. next month. Um, we could podcast about Game of Thrones, Gilmore Girls, The Leftovers. Blake and I love to watch shows and geek out with all of you. So you can find out more about all of our other podcasts at maryandblake.com. And don't forget, too, we will be having the Outlander cast finale party. Katie, I hope you do get a chance to come, by the way. That would be phenomenal. Yes. Not going to lie. Is uh, it? Is the date set? Uh, the date is not set yet, but we are thinking either May 3rd or May 10th. I'm Give, leaning towards the May 3rd. I'm hoping that that's, if they don't take a little break this season, it will be May 3rd. Right. And and Katie, as you know, as because you're an executive producer of the show, you do get VIP access to not only Marion and myself, but the rest of the Outlander cast staff and all the things that come along with the production of the event as well. So you'd be big time. We'd be, we'd be giving you the red carpet treatment yeah. just because you're an executive producer. I would, I would love producer. to fly across the country and be there. So we'll see if we can make it happen. <laughs> uh, but remember that we are doing the Atlanta cast um, finale party May 3rd or May 10th. Uh, it's going to be in Providence, Rhode Island. And we want all of you guys to join. And it should be a good time. So keep that in mind. Carve out that time in your schedule, your very busy schedule, uh, everybody out there in the world. And let's make this happen. Marvin, are you ready to release the hounds? I sure am. Let's get this done. All right, all right, all right. Yes, I see Katie dancing along. She's like, I'm loving this jam, loving that jam. Well, Charlotte wrote in on our website saying, hey, Mary. Oh, here we go. In reference to Bonnet scene, just wanted to know that it is straight out of the book, um, chapter 30, Spawn of Satan, but it's a fourth-hand reference. Yes, the encounter actually takes place at a cockfight, smart to change it to women, easier to film, and is a story that had been told by a witness to Lord John, who in turn writes it in a letter to Jamie, oh. but, I'm, uh, but is read by 
Brianna. So, so long. <laughs> short story. Blonnet blinded his unfortunate victim. Seriously. So, oh, so short story short. Yes. The Blonnet blinded his unfortunate victim. Yes. As a fellow book reader, I'd love to know what are the little moments that you referred to in this podcast, but I understand that you can't do spoilers, so no spoiler here. Um, all right. So, um, oh, but she says she's interested to see how much of Beardsley story they use. Mm-hmm. And she says, thanks so much for the podcast. I love it, especially Blake's loopy predictions. Oh, uh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> you're, they, trust me, these are gold, ladies and gentlemen, gold. Don't You take it to the bank. Just, you know, as, just as valuable as a C note, I'll tell you that. I just, one of the one of the moments that I really wanted to happen a little differently, and it's silly, but this is why I always say I just want to hang out on the ridge, is I um, Claire's eye chart was different. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was I was looking forward to that. It could have just been a quick little thing, but I appreciate that. Probably the rest of the viewers wouldn't have understood what was going on. And um, in the books, Roger does have something wrong with his eyesight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it spawns this little... It's really like not really spoilerific, but whatever. Whatever. I was just like. I mean, she I, did it, reference the fact that he does have short sightedness. Was it or was it? I, I can't remember. In one of the eyes, so she does say that his eye, his vision is not perfect. Yeah, it's like myopic. Or Katie, do you know the word? Is it myopic? Or, that sounds right. Let's go for it. Yeah, sure. Right? Why not? So, yes. yeah. so there was that, like and I just, <laughs> Mrs. Bug just like running around and having like a bajillion people running around this house. This house is, uh, in the book, is not as beautiful as it is yet on the show. The show is very big, and it seems like there's lots of space, and people are generally outside, whereas in the house, there's frequently just children and babies and moms and people just all over the place. And it makes me think about um, when you'd have just a sleepover party, or like when we have the Outlander cast um, finale party and we get everybody all together and everybody's just like sleeping all over the place on couches and everything it's (laughs) just something that i loved so those were the little moments that i was referring to absolutely katie as a book reader is there anything that you thought that was without spoiling is there anything no spoilers so i'll confess this is not my favorite book and i'm actually thrilled with the episodes that i've seen so far and it's not a book i've gone back and reread so all those little details i'm not even remembering too much um seasons one through four i was probably a little more attentive to the details of what was the same and what was different so i'm just kind of along for the ride with (laughs) this particular season and having fun with it Mm -hmm. i'm also really curious what the beardsley story is going to bring right uh, this one comes from Dawn. She says, hi, Mary and Blake. Love your podcast. Thank you very much, Dawn. Uh, I thought this episode was a mixed bag. It was downright brutal from the tar and feathering to bonnet, uh, blinding that other guy with his bare hands. You are right. Ed Spaliers is amazing, giving mm-hmm. Blackjack a run for the money. I wanted season two's comped Saint Germain, that jabroni, like that that guy. I'm out, I'm out on the Saint the Compt. Uh, a little bit be more like this, but uh, to no avail. Uh, Spaliers is so different than the character he played in Downton Abbey, your boy Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. But Bonnet is a savage underneath the Irish charm. Kudos to Marcelli, by the way. I just love how the character is such a tough, fun broad. She does what needs to be done. It's a perfect idea that she helps Claire with her autopsies, in quotes. And I wish people would stop treating Roger like the village idiot. I think a perfect job for him would be as a secretary to Governor Tryon or someone high up in the British ranks. After all, his background as a bookish historian would be ideal for a job like this, and Roger could double as a spy and tell Jamie key details. After after all, a war is coming. They're going to need historians sooner or later, and it might be a great idea not to piss Roger off when they're clearly going to need him. I, I, I have to say uh, that I kind of disagree with the final analysis of, of Don there. I don't think they're absolutely going to need Roger. 
I think Roger in this particular case is when it comes to the war is kind. I said it last episode. I'm going to say it again. He's an LD. He's an LD. I hate that phrase. <laughs> Katie, do you hate that phrase? Look at her. She's like leaning back. I'm, I'm Swiss on this one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But what do you think about the idea, Katie, of, of, of making uh, Roger like the, a secretary to Governor Try and using him as a spy? That might, that might, so, might be cool. This, it would be cool, but the Roger in this TV show just could not manage that level of, <laughs> of having to go back and forth. <laughs> I, I, don't think think he, I don't think he could do it. I like the idea. I just don't think he could do it. But they are setting it up to be a little more likable. Yep. But this would make him have to, that's like a lot of balls that he has to manage. And he's just trying to get used to being in this time, time yes. frame. So I don't know. Poor I thing. like the idea. Right. Uh, Karen Peterson said, Blake, Roger knows how much of a dangerous madman Bonnet is by his time as a mate working on the ship. I don't believe he will rush in alone and take on Bonnet himself. He'll be working with Jamie and Armurta on that mission. Ooh. No, no. Murta's no, no. just like this little extra little bit that you can just throw into anything. He's the wild card. He is so the wild card. He is absolutely the wild card. I'm, that's why I'm in on Murta in this season because you don't know what you're going to get from him. But Katie, that's, when do you think Murta's going to die? Oh, episode five. Ooh, she's with me on this one. Down, See, I knew yeah. I liked Katie from the beginning. <laughs> yes, he's, <laughs> he's a goner. Yeah, he absolutely I love him. Is. love him in seasons four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the thing is with Roger in this whole situation is the, the point of it all is that he's not using his brain because he's so upset over the whole Stephen Bonnet thing that his his uh, natural instinct is to want to go and just take on uh, take on Bonnet. And his natural instinct is to go get him, regardless of Jamie. And he needs to prove himself to Jamie. That's the whole point. That was the idea behind my outlandish theory. He needs to prove himself. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, he can't use anybody's help. It's got to be him. It's got to be him doing the thing that he needs to do. Uh, so that's why I kind of disagree with you, Karen. But... Uh, Nice try. A nice try on that one, poking a hole in my outlandish theory. Uh, Margaret Armour says, uh, one kilt. One kilt for Marsley. And what a shambolic episode. Can I just say the word shambolic ought to be used in our vernacular a lot more? Let's use it a lot. Uh, It was all over the place. And no way whatsoever would Bree and Jamie have had Jemmy baptized Presbyterian. This episode and the complete change of character for too many of the characters I've known and loved from the book is almost enough for me to be done with the show. Hold up. For reals? I barely recognize it as Outlander anymore, and it's no longer enjoyable for me. If it continues like this, I'm done with it. Marvin. Yeah. Them's fighting words. You know what this reminds me of? Them's fighting words. Is this Margaret? Yeah. Margaret. This reminds me of the moment when I saw Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. And Harry and Hermione hung out in a tent for a really long time. (laughs) And they're just camping and it's boring as all heck. And they're dancing one day to some modern song. And I'm like, what is going on here? (laughs) That really awkward dance? Yes! Yes! You're like, you're not sure if they're going to kiss. Katie, are you a Harry Potter fan? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah! Okay. Yeah, that, that was long, the scene in the woods. Yeah. And you're like, let's get to the point. There's a lot of hallows to be dealing with and a lot of horcruxes to be dealing with. So pick something, but stop just hanging out in a tent. Um, And it it bothered me as a book reader. Um, And I will say that that is still probably one of my least favorite things to rewatch. And maybe this is how book readers will feel about this episode if they did not like this episode. And hopefully it starts to 
to change things. You know, Blake, we haven't asked Katie her GBGs. Oh, you know, that's actually a and her good kilt idea. Rating. Katie, I would what, like to do that now. That's a good idea. Katie, what is your kilt okay. rating and your GBG? My kilt rating is like a four eight. Like I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this one more than the pilot. I mean, the pilot, the season opener, actually, because mm-hmm. um, they gave Claire something to do. <laughs> so I think my my good was like Claire did something besides tell Brie how pretty she looked. Um, so our heroine is returned. Um, the bad. I don't. I didn't have a bad. I thought that episode was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Do I have to have a bad? No, you can have something. a good, great, and best. Okay, I like that. Um, I think great was Marsley's reaction, like everyone. Yes. <laughs> like everyone, I thought it was classic. When I rewatched it, I was laughing even more at it, at sort of asking Claire, is she really a witch or not? <laughs> and then my best would be, oh, you know, I was really touched by Roger singing at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, yeah. I love his singing voice. I thought like the Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I didn't need, I, I don't need him to sing like 10,000 modern songs every episode. We get no. it. He's from the seventies, but I thought him singing at the funeral was actually really touching. And it was, um, it's a, it's a song I was familiar with growing up in church. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was made more funny by finding out that there was no body in the, <laughs> the casket that he was singing to rock. Right. Right. And, and I was wondering, okay, maybe this would be my mild bad. How would anyone lower a coffin into the ground full of rocks and not have them shaking around and realize it's rocks. Seriously. I was thinking maybe because they probably have a lot of sawdust, like maybe they were like Holding padding it with sawdust a lot to keep up. Exactly. You would just hear like rumble, rumble, rumble. wonder what the heck right? happened to this like, guy. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm very impressed with how they arranged those rocks. Somehow, but that is a <laughs> no, good so that was a solid question. episode. It was a four, eight for me. It had every, everything to me that a good outlander episode has. Oh, aside from Jamie and Claire. So you're you're not like together. So you are not done with the episode. You you are not done yeah, with Outlander. Like yo, Margaret but Margaret, is. I'm sending you all the love. If you don't like it, you don't like it. <laughs> right? If you feel betrayed, you feel betrayed. I can't soothe that for you, but I hope you stick along for the ride. You know, we do have the saying here that stats are for nerds uh, because all the little things, like th- there are certain things that matter, like, you know, obviously story-wise or whatever, but when it comes down to it, like the, the stupid moldy bread with the covers on top of it and the whole thing, stats are for nerds, man. Do you think Jimmy being baptized uh, uh, a Presbyterian is a case of stats are for nerds or is it really a big deal? I think it is a big deal. Okay. Um, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually a religious scholar. So <laughs> that's what my advanced degrees are all in. Um, yep. So without doing book show comparison, I feel mm-hmm. like the show did this for a reason. And I'm really curious to find out what that reason is. Okay. Fair enough. So I think I, it I is a big deal. Why is it a big deal is my question. Right. I, and I guess that goes along the lines of what I'm, what I'm trying to ask is like, does it really matter to the show? And does it really matter that it was one way in the book? And, it, and does it really matter that it's a different way in the show? Do you think is it, like I know, I know the obvious difference of the actual baptism, the real world implications of it for someone who's being baptized in one religion as opposed to another. But in terms of what the story, the story of the show is trying to tell, is it stats for nerds, or do you still think it's? Do you still think it's a big deal? I think it shall be significant. Okay, um, good. Either at the end of the season or beginning of next. Very good. I Agreed. like it. I like it. Agreed. 
All right, we got, we got one from Vicki Johnston, Marvin. What, is, uh, what does Vicki have to say? Okay, Vicki says, once again this season, I am taking the TV story as it comes, not having read the books first. This way, I can rate each episode on its own merits without any weight from the book expectations. I thought the show tonight was very involving and felt like it was only a half hour long. I give it 3.8 kilts. Her good was seeing inspiration dawn on Claire. She took steps to improve her plight as a doctor. Having a morgue, a trust assistant and some penicillin cultures are all steps in the right direction Vicky's bad was a tie seeing Murta as such an integral part of the tar and feathering was very sad mm-hmm. the previous peaceful measures went unheeded but it is still distressing and seeing that Bonnie is just as bloodthirsty as ever was predictably nauseating. Does oh, that guy yeah. land on his feet or what, says Vicky? And her great was the relaxed heart-to-heart that Claire had with Roger. It reminded me of their fireside post-funeral whiskey chat back in Scotland. I'm mm-hmm. giving snaps, Vicky, because exactly. I love Claire and Roger's relationship. Oh, so good. Sometimes I like it more than Roger and Breeze. It's just like this really... Oh, yeah. Like, just, you know... I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, It brought a quiet change of pace to the episode, which makes you feel you really know more about the characters. This season seems to be moving along at a good clip. I don't know if it is tracking with the books, but I am loving it regardless. I would say that the pace of this season, you know, it's been pretty wild. Like, they've been moving. It's one thing to another. I mean, I know that the events, the plot-wise, haven't really... um, been moving that crazily forward, but just all of, with all the people in all of the stories and all of the things that are happening, yeah, uh, absolutely. The pace of this season has been smoking. Katie, would you agree with that? Yeah, pace is good. I'm not. I am not bored. <laughs> There's no wandering in the woods yet. Yep. I, oh yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you thought about wandering in the woods and talking to coconuts. Oh, you got cut off for a second. What was that? Oh, I was saying, well, tell me what you think about uh, wandering in the woods and all the coconuts talk to, and talking coconuts. <laughs> that, yeah. And all the talking coconuts. Let's see. Now I'm good. Like, this episode was good. <laughs> um, There's no, no strong opinions on the. <laughs> uh, Jonna Bartholomew says uh, she gives us four and a half kilts. Matt Roberts making changes for no reason other than his own preference. Uh, like Jemmy's Presbyterian baptism is a shame. I understand change for production purposes, but changing sex. Uh, hashtag Matt Roberts shame. Hashtag why. And I. Sex. Yeah, sex. Not sex, but sects. Oh, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) hold on. Let me take a breath. (laughs) Jamie's a girl. Yeah. Um, I cannot, I'm going to be put in the position to do this because I am not a Matt Roberts guy. I am not a Matt Roberts guy. I have to defend Matt Roberts. (laughs) So far, in terms of the show itself and, and making, regardless of whatever the book is and whatever it reads, it's good television so far. It's not it's not blow my doors off television, but it's good television. I'm interested. I want to know more. I, I as a show watcher, am far more interested in what's happening this season than I was in the beginning of last season. And I got, I got to give it to him. We, we, we've said before. Don't judge a show by its first season. You can't do it. You judge it by its second season. And really, season four was Matt's and Tony's first real go at being the showrunner. And 
at that point, you learn what the show is. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from all the things that are going on. And then your second season is when you finally bring it through, and you, you and you become the show that, and you become the showrunner that you want to be. And it, we said it on one of the After Dark shows. He's putting his big boy pants on. Let's see what he's got. And so far, he's done pretty good. And I, I I think he's done a really good job so far. And I I can't Matt, if you're listening, I'm sure you're a great person. Just I can't believe I'm defending you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm in the 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 place to defend Matt Roberts right now. Uh, we got an email from Stephanie. She says uh, my kill rating this week is a four, probably only because last week was so absolutely tremendous. This episode pales in comparison, but. I liked it. The good was Claire and Marsily, 18th century Cagney and Lacey, if you will. I loved that this little plot twist was going um, and think it's going to work beautifully in the TV adaptation. Uh, Lauren Lyles, uh, Marsily is an absolute delight, and I'm down for any time the writers find ways to work her into the script. When she said, please don't make me say it, I laughed out loud. The bad, the women of the Ridge dismissing Claire's knowledge and laughing at her. These women are Scots, and on Fraser's Ridge, Claire is their lady, and they are her tenants. They may think she's a nutta, and some may <laughs> suspect she's a witch, but when in her company, they would all give her far more deference than they did in this episode. Oh, what do you think, Katie? I kind of like that take. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement, and I'm kind of wondering if this is the, um, like, Claire's not in her lane. Like, is she outside of her area as Lady of the Ridge? I have no idea. Maybe that's why they're dismissing her. It wasn't a bad for me at all. Um, and I, I kind of liked that it led to her writing her uh, her little document that she's going yes. to give to everyone from mm-hmm. the other doctor. Yes. Oh it wasn't gosh. bad for me, but I'm like, you know, maybe maybe she's just out of her lane as a as a genteel woman of the 18th century. Yes. Yes. And then the great uh, from uh, from Stephanie was uh, Bree and Roger did the, the, the domesticity of it all. Uh, I loved the That's playfulness good word. Uh, during the, the tufty, fluffy tail target shooting scene. Uh, Bree laughing at Roger. Roger getting all turned on when she wrapped her arms around him to help him shoot. Lots of little kisses and smirks and touches. We've needed this. And their silliness reminds me of the Dark Shadows convo uh, in season three. And it makes me wish once again that the writers had given us a little bit more time to see their developing relationship before the big fight at the festival. Uh, Yes, abso-freaking-lutely. I I cannot agree with you more. If if we're going to be spending so much time with Bree and Raja, you got to give me a reason to care. And... They're they're finally giving me a reason to care. Katie, do you finally care about Bree and Roger? I'm beginning to. Yeah, I'm starting to. I'm starting to care. I'm not quite all the way caring yet. But I have a really important question. Yeah. Did we find out if Tufty Fluffy Tail is real? Yes. That it, was like a thing in the 70s or 60s or 50s. Oh, that's a thing. The Tufty Club is a real thing. As a matter of fact, you can find a Tufty Club shirt at the Marion Blake store. Is there a song <gasps> for Tufty Fluffy Tail? Oh, Fluffy I don't Tail? know. I don't know if there's a song for it. I could look it up. Yeah, I bet you there is, and I kind of want you to play it. <laughs> this is going to be a fun rabbit hole for right? me tonight. Right? Yes. Hold on. Let's see if, if it's if it's uh, if it's a real I thing. I bet it's like, pick up your garbage. <laughs> <laughs> be a clean kid. Oh my God! There yeah. is a there's a knew it. Hold on, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna. I play bet it. you there's kids that sing along too. Hold don't on. play. Don't make it too loud though. I can't have Tufty. Hold blow on. on my ears. There there might be a uh, there might be an, an advertisement. Okay. Hold on one second. All right, we so will wait. Katie hear, and I will riff. We'll riff, Katie. 
Tufty, fluffy <laughs> tail. Do you care about Roger and Bree? Did I, do I care about Roger and Bree? Yes. Are you convinced of their on screen? Um, I find their love. <sighs> well, I'm not one. I'm not like how I was with Claire and Jamie. Like that's the problem is that I compare everybody's love to Claire and Jamie's love and the attraction that they had and um. Oh, 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 sorry. See, I knew it was going to be loud. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Mrs. Fluffytail oh. is taking Tufty and Bobby to the shop. <laughs> Tufty, what's the right way to cross the road? First, find They're a like safe little place puppets. where they can see both ways. No parked cars. They kind of, it looks Hold like on. Mr. Stop. Rogers' Neighborhood. Is this a song? Uh, then stand on the pavement. Hold on. Near... i got to see if so there's we... a song. Hold on. They're literally talking about how to cross the road. I'm... My nope, goodness. There's, there's... Oh, oh, here oh, it is. Here we go. This is what happened one oh, no. day when the ice cream that, man stopped by Tufty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ice Mr. Rogers. Cream. Oh my god! Ice cream. Okay, that's going off. I know oh, what I'm watching tonight after god. Curse of Oak Island. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let's get back, Katie. Sorry. Uh, okay. Thank you for going down that rabbit hole with us. Thank you. That was fun. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, but okay. yeah, I I. I'm on board with Brian and Roger, and I know that not everybody's love is going to be Jamie and Claire's love, so I can appreciate that. But I feel like they're one of those couples how when sometimes when people get together, you're like, never going to make it, never going to make it. They're not going to last. But then they do. Like, they gel. That's they us. find a rhythm. So that's what I'm hoping for Roger and Brie on screen for me. That's what people would say about Blake and I when we first got together. What's that? Ugh. I don't know if that's going to last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a dick and she's way too nice. So what What? What are those two people doing together? You know, like, but hey, it, it's worked. We made a company out of it. So screw all of you people that doubt I actually us. had people saying, we can't believe you're still with him. He's such a yeah. a-hole. He's, he's, he's like an a-hole. Like to my face. And I was like, oh my gosh. Well, at least they're know. being really honest with you. You don't have to worry about <laughs> I know, right? It's like they're talking behind my back, right? All right, this one comes from uh, <laughs> this one comes from Claire. She says, "I was initially shocked at Myrta being directly involved in the tarring and feathering uh, the British officials, but Myrta has shown that." And I, uh, I'm going to give you a preemptive, a preemptive. A Claire, oh, oh, you got to prep Katie and I. Yeah, Katie, feel it. <laughs> I'm giving you a preemptive outstanding because I know what's coming. Um, Murta has shown that he is capable of killing with no regret, as when he killed the Duke of Sandringham. He also didn't flinch when he discovered Jamie and Claire had killed Dougal. He doesn't kill for thrills, but clearly believes it is sometimes necessary mm-hmm. to correct an evil or protect those he cares about. Yep. He is invested in the regulator cause, which with which he was involved well before he was reunited with Jamie. I don't think he's motivated motivated only by tax issues. His main issue would be the treatment by the British in Ardsmuir and how they stripped the Scots of their, their culture. He wears a scrap of tartan as a badge, so clearly he feels the gutting of the Scottish culture keenly. The reason this feels different now, I think, is that previously he was defending Claire and Jamie and Mary in the case of the Duke, and now he seems to be working against them. He was separated from Jamie for 20 years or so, so making his own way, and we have to understand how that likely changed Murta. I don't think Murta would have been so involved had Jamie not released him from his oath. Oh my frack it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. Oh, oh, yeah. Makes me want to shout. You're getting closer with some of those pitches. I, I, I'm getting better. 
Mm. I'm getting I'm getting much better. Closer with some of those pitches, I think, is a more accurate description. He- Heather <laughs> Heather was kicked out of the circle of trust last week. Okay. She's back in. She's absolutely back in the circle of trust. Katie, do you agree with Heather being back in the circle of trust? Yeah, this rings true to me. And uh all these all the Highlander men will well and women will kill discriminately when uh when needed and yeah this rings true and yeah it's thinking seeing some deeper depths of murta here i like it yeah i and so many people have said oh this isn't you know this isn't my murta murta would never do this i i i i wholeheartedly disagree <laughs> I, I, what's Mary, murta's birth sign like what's oh he's a taurus well jamie's a taurus yeah, so that would make sense I'm to me. I'm going to find out. Murta or is, a Libra. He might be exacting his justice here. That's true. That that That's actually good. That's a good one. Good job, Katie. I like that. All right, this one comes from uh, Laura Beth on OutlanderCastClan.com. Remember, uh, actually, Katie was one of our executive producers on OutlanderCastClan.com. Again, Katie, thank you for joining us. Uh, if course. If you'd like to be part of OutlanderCastClan, uh, you can be, become an official member. Just go to OutlanderCastClan.com, and uh, you could give as little as $2 a month or as much as what Katie gives to be an executive producer. Uh, and you can actually join us like she is right now on the podcast as we're doing it. So Laura Beth says, okay, I definitely have to read the books now because Mary, you are making it sound as if Brianna is the reason for ancient aliens on the history channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Did she build all of the things? My curiosity is peaked, Mary. You Pretty alluded sure. to that. You alluded. Pretty sure <laughs> that Brie is also responsible for crop circles. <laughs> Great Wall of China? Brie. I mean, they know about the Great Wall of China. Well, it's the pyramid. Pyramids? Brie. Stonehenge? Brie. Yeah, Stonehenge, definitely Brie. Definitely. Always Brie. Brie actually built the standing circle which she went through <laughs> is she gonna appear on the show with like the crazy hair yes <laughs> like <laughs> author <laughs> uh, she says uh, from all time periods <laughs> yes yes uh, Laura Beth also says Blake I like your outlandish theory and I would like to counter it uh, like you, I think Jamie will teach Roger what he needs to know, but then uh, my take branches from Ooh, yours. Okay. Ooh, coming in from the clouds with a hot take here. Okay, Laura Beth, what do you got? Uh, I think Roger and Brianna will settle in and love it. Only when Roger is feeling secure in his life will he realize that he can't beat Bonnet, and that is how he will convince Brianna to try and go back to the future with him. His argument is easy. The man is trying to take my son. We have to go and hope Jemmy can time travel too. Excellent. Uh, that's a that's quite a good outlandish theory. Katie, would you want to go back in time if you were in Roger's shoes? How would you be feeling at this moment? I would probably want to come back to, you know, vaccinations and indoor plumbing and a little more safety uh, as well. So I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, he's a little fish out of water stuck back there. And it, like we we pointed out in the episode, he doesn't have a lot of skills. The one thing he's got is Bree and Jimmy. Yeah. And they if they could go with him wherever, you know, that's how I would be feeling. I'd be I'd be wanting to get back to my creature comforts, but I wouldn't want to be taking Bree away from the things that she loves. So mm-hmm. that's tricky it's tricky <laughs> uh, we got another one from Uh it's Maureen Mary what does uh, Maureen have to say to all of us Maureen says 
I watched the episode several times and listened to your podcast twice. Oh, God bless you, Maureen. God bless you. <laughs> There's a lot of content wrapped up in both. I took notes. Mary, regarding your comments, that book to show some of your favorite moments are acknowledged, then go in different direction, emerging differently in the show. I am in your cream de menthe corner. Pour it on. Oh. I have not seen the social media protests regarding Claire and the autopsy. Perhaps the responses stem from the here we go again outcries we heard loud and clear in season four and a worry we are heading in onto and down the same path this season blake you mentioned the time travel aspect and that claire as a character disregards the repercussions and rules if we are referring to this autopsy i can't hang my hat on that there was a book autopsy no spoiler but marilyn matt mentioned it at the end of the episode completely different circumstances completely necessary and justified to determine unknown and suspicious cause of death death could not be clinically explained by an assessment of presenting symptoms total opposite for the show opposite autopsy did you understand that blake i i got it i got it okay awesome yep Claire has this poor, sick man's demise figured out by the time he shudders his last breath. She knows he's infected, septic, and she knows it's in his bloodstream and throughout his body. There is no reason for her to open this guy up, would not have provided her any more information regarding the cause of death or contributing factors. And she knows that without proper precautions, it's dangerous to her and the others because of the type of bacteria she would be exposing herself and potentially others to. The Harvard-trained, 1960s accomplished surgeon, Claire Randall Fraser would have never electively opened up this guy in the 1700s. Her character reflects an educated physician who knows how to weigh risk versus benefit. Wow. Look at that. Just got schooled on Bring that one. Bring in it. Bring in the heat on that one. All right, this one comes from Lynn. Oh, let Katie weigh in. Oh, sorry, Katie. Katie looks like she has something. Oh, maybe not. Well, I'm, I'm like, I just got a medical education. I just don't, I'm like... How, do, how would she, she, it seemed like she opened him up to figure out that it was appendicitis, which she probably didn't need to know if he was septic, but no strong opinion. <laughs> no strong opinion. I trust that Claire in the book and Claire in the show can make their own <laughs> medical decisions, but I appreciate the passion of this post. Uh, this one comes from Lynn. She says- So good. Katie needs to be a politician. Oh, absolutely. Um, no. <laughs> Lynn says the great of this episode is the continuing conflict between Jamie and Myrta. Last week, we saw Jamie giving and receiving oaths from his new clan. And this week, we got to see Myrta give his oath to his new clan. It dawned on me last week, and we even talked a bit about this in the clan gathering, that the relationship between Jamie and Myrta now mirrors that of Colm and Dougal. To be honest, I've always seen a little a little of Colm in Jamie, but is even more pronounced now as he's taken his place as leader of his people and is making decisions based on what is best for his people, even if those decisions go against his personal beliefs. And while Dougal was always brash and reckless, making decisions based on emotion rather than logic, I feel that this is where Murta is now, while I understand that waiting for a future war may not be feasible when his men needed him now. Yet dragging that unarmed man out of the homes in the dead of the night to tar and fret them is a move worthy of one Dougal McKenzie. Murta's motto, much like Dougal's, could be, "'Tis better to die on your feet than live on your knees." Mm. And Jamie, far from living on his knees, is living to fight another day. I love that the show kept Murta alive, if only to give him the regulator story a real emotional weight for the viewer i got a kick out of meeting herman husband and james hunter this week both real life members of the regulators but they are only jags which is just another guy and we really don't care about them we care about Murta. and as much as i hate to admit it with uh, admit it 
I agree with you, Blake. I think Murta is not long for this world. Maybe he'll die saving Jamie, or maybe he'll die saving Claire. But I have a really big outlandish theory for you. Okay, Ooh, okay, okay. Here Ooh, we, I let, love it. Let's play it. Oh, oh no, that's the wrong button, Blake. Blake. Welcome, try again. Oh no. Okay, outlandish theory time. What if Murta dives save, saving someone like Lord John Gray? A man that he loathes, not only as his former jailer, but as a man that stands for everything that Murta is fighting against. Oh. That would be a truly truly honorable death and worthy of the man we know and love. Makes me want to shout. Absolutely. The listeners are bringing it today. Bringing the heat. Katie, what do you think? I Murtaugh want Murtaugh seat. to go out on his own terms. He's been living and fighting for someone else. Mm. And like, he's in America now. He should be able to go out on like for himself and mm-hmm. for no one else. So I'm, uh, is, I'll put my own outlandish theory. Like he goes out in his own blaze of glory. Nice. Because of his own, his own steadfast beliefs. Yep. I think he goes out like Elvis. I think he's going to still live and he's going to say, you know what? This sucks. I heard this in Boston cream pies a little further north. <laughs> Busting on this popsicle joint. I'm going to listen to Mayor. I'm going to dye my hair, cut my ponytail off, and ship up to Boston. See what we got. I All would right. Totally welcome Ghost Murtaugh in future seasons. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got, some, uh, we got some voicemails. Are you ready for this, Marvin? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Is Katie ready? Ready. Awesome. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Marsha from Columbus. Hi, Marsha. And, you know, you need to give us more than 90 seconds because I could talk all day long about Outlander, and it's just really not fair that I only have 90 seconds when you guys have a full hour. Sorry, Marsha. You already wasted 14. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have to say, I really didn't like this this, um, episode at first, and... Um, but after I looked at it again and listened to a little bit of your feedback, I'm like, I figured out why I didn't like it. It was all of them were dancing between two fires. Jamie was, uh, Claire was even between, you know, her um, 20th century medicine and now, and then of course, Murtaugh um, and Bree and Roger and, and just all of them. And they're all just such brilliant actors that, you know, you get swept into their world and you want to escape just as much as they do. So um, I think that was a brilliant, brilliant thought. Um, and I think that was inspired by some of the feedback that I got from you guys. So well done. Um, I don't think I'd give it a five, uh, probably a 4.5 solid, but not my favorite. Um, and uh, keep it up. Can't wait to talk about more episodes as we go along. So that's it for now. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good job. Even though she wasted 14 seconds, oh she, got it, she got it in. Blake. Had a girl. Had a girl. <laughs> you are the worst, Burr. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do the next one. Hello from the Highlands of Scotland. It's Kirsten Lake. Hey, Kirsten. Hey, on the episode. The Good. Jamie's unease in wearing a turncoat due to his forced loyalty to the Crown is building broad tension between him and Lieutenant One Epaulette. Let's hope this Lieutenant continues to know hee-haw about Jamie's godfather connection. The bad. Claire turning into a manic Quincy, but without the formaldehyde and refrigeration? That's going to have to be some speedy anatomy lesson for Marsley, <laughs> as there's only so long you could pass the smell off as a dead mouse. It's a tad concerning that Claire feels Marshall's butchering skills, which are reminiscent of Tywin Lannister's, 
make her the perfect Florence Nightingale candidate. And then she's got all those relatives burying and greeting over a coffin full of rocks. Reckless and cruel. She wouldn't give you a candle in a dark corner, that yin. The great. <laughs> Boffy's bonnet, cutting about like a twisted liver archie crossed with a pimp. Ooh. Still that much trouble he'd start a fight in an empty house. Or perhaps cage fighting with corsets. Didn't he need reminding how merciless he is, with the chibbed hamstrings and eyes, but a great cliffhanger to end on nonetheless. Mm-hmm. That's all from me. Bye. This is why Kirsten is a Hall of Fame caller, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Marion Blake Hall of Fame and just for Kirsten, bringing up one of my favorite characters ever written for television. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Tywin Lannister. Add a girl. Katie, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am. That was a that was a nice parallel scene. I agree. Right? Good job. All right, let's get the next one. Hi, this is Anne-Marie calling from Paris, France. Uh, I'm moving to Rhode Island at the end of the year. so Hold up, press pause. I might be able to go to a finale party. Hold up. Time out. Anne-Marie is moving from Paris, France. Wait, you're going from Paris to Rhodey? What? And she we want the story of that. Seriously. <laughs> next 90 second phone call from Anne-Marie. And she'll do it in time for the finale party. If you are moving for the finale party... You absolutely. I need to hear this story as to I mean, why she's not moving for the finale party. But I know, but still, but maybe, maybe you don't know. You don't know. She could be. That's that's a valid point. She's like, I've heard so much about this Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> All right, wait, let's let's get back to what she's going to say. Hi, this is Anne-Marie calling from Paris, France. But I'm moving to Rhode Island at the end of the year. So, oh my God, I might be able to go to a finale party. At a girl. Uh, I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller. So, oh. my kilt rating for episode two is 3.8. I'm a harder grader than you two, so that's actually a solid rating for me. Okay. Uh, you should know that I'm not a book reader, but I'm hoping one day you'll do an episode comparing the book and show plots because I don't have time to read the books, but I want to <laughs> know how they're different because nice. I'm so curious. And Mary, you never divulge. I know. I'm careful. Tell us. <laughs> All right. My good was the Roger and Claire scene. I love these personal interactions on the ridge. I want to live there with Mary and I want to see all the interactions. I think the show really excels at them and I wish it slowed down and did more of it. Mm -hmm. I love the scene because it brought me back to season three. Yep. Claire adores Rogers because she's known him since he was a little boy. And it brings me back to season one too Mm -hmm. because that's the magic of destiny and fate in this show. Mm All right. My bad was the scene when Claire first shows Brianna the cadaver she's working on. The dialogue felt forced, like, Mary, I have a hard time connecting with Brie, and Mm. something about this scene just felt weird. Just like I didn't believe that Brianna listened to Led Zeppelin in 1960s Boston. (laughs) I didn't believe the scene, and maybe it's because I feel like they've written Brianna like she grew up as a millennial and not in the late 50s and 60s as a baby boomer. Oh. Uh, maybe Blake has Blake has some insight into this. As the uh, millennial in the group. Right. <laughs> I'm not a millennial. Was the Sorry. autopsy, the mold, and the pamphlets, which isn't a popular opinion, but this is this is what I thought it was really witchy and very Claire. For me, this is a show about Claire. Like I get that there's other characters and stuff going on because there needs to be, because there's a lot of stuff going on in any individual's life. But it's a show about Claire's journey as a healer and a wise woman and a woman who went through stones to another era. Mm. Claire went through the stones because she went back to the stones looking for a medicinal plant. 
In season two, this wise woman lineage thing was again reinforced with her association with Hildegard and Mother Mary in the episode Faith, I think. So for me, this is a show about mystery and magic. Claire is a healer, a time traveler, destiny, dharma, like... Oh, I, I think she... I think she got cut off. Uh-oh. Call that's back. A, that's <laughs> a speak pike. I know. <laughs> Call back. Call back, please. She Sorry. Got, she got cut off. Should we tell us in real life? Uh, yes, please do so. But that oh was gosh. an excellent call from what we heard. That was a call, call back, especially because you're calling from Paris, France. That's amazing. That is amazing. All right, let's get to the next one. But she doesn't have a French accent. Uh, probably because she's American. What's she doing from Rhode Island? <laughs> Why do you want to We really, really want the story. This is, right? this is I a need another voicemail from her. This needs, this needs <laughs> explanation. You, All right, hold on. Hi, Outlander cast. This is Alyssa calling from Saskatchewan, Canada. I am a first-time caller. I have been listening to your podcast since last June. When I first started getting into Outlander, I have now, nerdishly, rewatched it three (laughs) full times and read the books up till the end of book four. I will not read ahead of the show because me and my husband watch it together, and it's really fun for us to experience everything firsthand. So... First of all, my kilt rating, 4.8. I love this episode. There was a lot going on and it was jumpy, but it kept me on my toes and there was always something happening. My GBGs, the good. Bonnet coming back. I love that at the end. It really sets up for some good conflict and it got my heart racing. He is sadistic, but I love it. It's kind of like a BJR type thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe just not as good. The bad, Roger wanting to go back saying he has no family. His only family is there. And if his family's there, I don't get why he doesn't want to stay. My good, Marsley, the Claire, the penicillin. Marsley is my spirit animal. I (laughs) love her. She has been so great this whole season. She's just my favorite. We have an outlandish theory, though. Okay. Uh, We think, me and my husband, that Bonnet's going to die at the hands of Roger. This is going to redeem Roger's character, both for the audience and for Jamie. Honestly, they've emphasized him being a bad shot, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. Thank you. Katie, as a book reader, what do you say about that outlandish theory? Are you giving it the interesting or interesting? It, giving it a, I'm giving it a Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have Mary's tone of different interestings down enough. To <laughs> That's good. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a good theory. I mean, like, it's compelling, you know? Like, when I hear it, it's compelling. Um, yes. I didn't quite actually get the very end of it, though. Like, because Roger's a bad shot. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, she was saying that, uh, oh, man, now, now I can't remember because I'm too busy listening to you. <laughs> I know, too many things. That's okay. But it was, I, that was a thoughtful voicemail. I liked it. That's good. All right, we'll go on to the next one. Guys, it's Judy from Jersey. Uh, this week's... Kilt rating, I'm going to give it a four. Oh, well, first of all, Judy was quite excited last week, so I can't wait to hear the heat that she's bringing in this week. Here we go, Judy. What do you got for me, girl? Uh, my great, no, my good was watching Claire completely lose it. One minute she's cutting up a corpse, the next minute she's baking bread. I wouldn't want to be in her house. <laughs> the stench must have been unreal. The guy had a busted appendix, so it was infected. You know the smell of infection is not pretty. So, I don't know. Um, the, ba- the bad was watching 
Steve Bonnet fight with his sword. One minute he's using his left arm, the next minute he's using his right arm. Whoever did the editing didn't realize this, but obviously the stand-in was a lefty. So that was a big blooper. Um, the great was Marcelie's reaction when she walked in on Claire and saw that corpse with the autopsy. And she said, please don't make me say it. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward to next week. Curious to see what's going to happen. Have a good day. Ju Judy, the, the heat was a little lower this week. It was a little lower. You, you, the, 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 the juice wasn't as much there, but I loved the attention to the editing, the left hand versus the right hand, the fighting of Stephen Bonnet. I didn't, I didn't see that particularly, but excellent detail to call out. Let's do the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Mandy from Melbourne, Australia here. Hey. I could not Hi, stop laughing at you talking about the bread. And you said, Blake said, where did she get all the yeast? I was like, <laughs> I can't even make one loaf of bread. How did she make 30? Does she have Tupperware? I don't know. Where's the oven? <laughs> there was so much bread and it was perfect. Oh, my word. The glass uh. containers, where did she get them from? They're beautiful. Anyway, I'm loving it. I'm just glad they're back. You know, all the changes aside, I'm happy we're all back. I'm happy Mary and Blake are back and they're keeping me laughing in my day-to-day -day grind at home. So thank you, Mary and Blake. Bye. Thank you so much. That was fun. Would you, Katie, be care be capable of cutting up a man and then baking bread and then baking all of that bread all at once? <laughs> the, the There were a lot of loaves. But I, I will say the cover, the smell of the bread probably covered the smell of the infection look at you bringing that so i think this is wise I like on yes but i have an answer about where they would get the yeast okay what do you got from an excursion in colonial williamsburg like 20 years ago i asked they would get it from the top of beer uh from the beer barrel oh, the wow. yeast would rise to the top and they would scoop it off and use that to bake the bread. And oh I gosh. asked like four different people because I didn't believe the first one. They yeah. all said the same thing. Wow. So I got to imagine these Highlanders have a lot of beer. So there's yes. a lot of yeast. Wow. That, you know, you learn something new. This is why I love the listener feedback episodes. Seriously. Talking about yeast from beers. To take it a, this is excellent Can't stuff. Can't go wrong, man. I, mean, right. I get my yeast from little packets. But, you know, <laughs> you can do it otherwise. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> hey, it's Janine from Pennsylvania. Hey, Janine. I'm giving this episode a four. The good is that the storyline is definitely moving forward. You can see how every single character is stuck between their own two fires, but wasn't quite captivating enough for me to give it a five. The bad were the scenes with Knox and Jamie. Them talking on the road, a little boring. With the whole soldier's death and how he got a little bit wild there, you can definitely see him becoming one of the plastics who must protect the claret. <laughs> I did like Jamie's sneaky eyes at the regulators. You can almost hear him whispering, be cool. Um, but the great was Claire back in surgeon mode. Everything in the surgery was awesome, and I loved Marsley freaking out over the dead body. Um, she's the cutest, and both of them are badasses, so I can't wait to see that dynamic duo. Some points um, that I thought were important to bring up was the tar and feathering scenes. Yes, disturbing, but um, history shows that those aren't always fatal but I could have done without the sizzling sound. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another point. Can someone please introduce us to Isaiah? He's always around, but we know nothing about this jabroni, as Blake would say. <laughs> and then another one is that Outlander villains are so interesting because they're a mix of honor and evil, gentleman and scoundrel, and they make mm. us appropriately uncomfortable. 
my outlandish theory, because I guess I'll always have one, is that Stephen Bonnet is coming for Brie and Roger's going to shoot him. He says he's a pacifist, but he needs the right motivation. All right, bye. Thank you, Janine. Everyone's calling out this Roger and Bonnet thing that he's going to shoot him. I mean, thematically, I think, and and the way that it was introduced would make sense for Roger to shoot Bonnet the way that he's trying to improve his shot and all that other stuff. So I, I I'm kind of on board with this. I'm I, I think I can co-sign on this outlandish theory. I'm I might be able to do that. Mary, would you be able to co-sign on this? Katie and I will just say interesting. <laughs> interesting. Fair enough. <laughs> Hello, Mary and Blake. This is Anne from Denver. I'm calling reference to episode 502. I just have a couple comments. Number one is the teaser and tag for the episode. I thought they were both right on and perfect because you both showed uh, violence and trying to create a new life for themselves. In Murtaugh's case, he wanted to have um, the taxes uh, taken care of and people treated equally and correctly. And in Stephen's bonnet case, he just wants to be a quote unquote better man because he's now a father. Um, but I thought it was very interesting to just oppose both of those with the rest of the episode of people just trying to live on the ridge and create a new life. And I, I need to, what is going on in the background of this phone call? We're backing up. We got things beeping. We're going forward in the car. I'm not saying I don't. She enjoy- might be in an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> she needs Claire. You know, she, she does. You know, she's just casually. You know, maybe she's an EMT. Maybe casually, she's just- walking around outside, and there's things beeping around. I don't know. Let's, let's listen more closely. Let's use our detective ears. <laughs> Hold on. And definitely watching Jamie walk between two fires. Maybe that's a microwave. You know that when I was in high school. No, that, ain't a, that ain't a microwave. <laughs> She's not, in a Prius that you know beeps when you back it up. Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, maybe, but like the the incessant beeping towards the end. Maybe I don't know. Sh- I don't drive a Prius. May- that, do you ever drive a Prius? I have a Prius in the household. But it started beeping quicker. I honestly yeah. don't may, know. I've may, lost the question. Maybe she's driving and she doesn't put. She hasn't put the. Uh, she hasn't put the seatbelt on the yet, seatbelt. and the car is yelling to put the seatbelt on. Stop talking on the phone. I have not picked up on any of the actual comments now because I'm too busy trying to analyze the sound let's effects. Keep, let's keep analyzing. We actually did use bread to uh, create mold. We did put them in little glass peachy. What? All right. Wait, well, that stop it. This so is much. very interesting. She's talking about the glasses. That but I, but I can't get over. When the thing's beeping so much, you're just like, she's just going on. Like, would you put a stop to the beeping? Blake, let her be. She's trying to tell us about petri dishes and mold. <laughs> You're getting distracted right, sorry, about hold on. science. All right, hold on. Dishes, but we did wipe the bread on to a surface all over the classroom, and then we put them in a way for an, half an hour uh, for a month. I don't know if that's what she was trying to do. But I know it worked at least when I was in high school. Thank you. Have a good day. Listen. <laughs> Thanks. Something went wrong. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it worked. It's so petri dishes in high school uh, with the mold, wiped it on the top. Yep. And it worked. Sounds good to me. I re- I need another voicemail from her, just letting us know she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an ambulance or anything. It's not her yeah. Apple Watch. It's not Siri right. being like. <laughs> Find Claire immediately. Maybe she's in a hospital and like the person she's watching. Blake. (laughs) No. Uh, uh, Let's do the next one. 
Hi, my name is Angela, and I'm from the upstate of South Carolina, about two and a half hours from where Fraser's Ridge is at. Hello. Hi, Angela. And I'm a first-time caller. Yay. Oh, thank you. Uh, my GBG, good. Uh, I just love all the homestead stuff, making candles, home fires, baking bread. I'm ready for a show that's like Survivor, but instead of living on an island, you go back 200 years and just live like they did. And I'm in for that. And I think Mary would be too. Mm-hmm. Um, my bad, I just could not get over Bonnet's outfit at the end um, of the episode. He just looked like the evil guy from Pocahontas. And so I just think he needs a cute little pug to complete his outfit. And my great was just Marcelie. Her he reaction red like to that guy. the dead body was hilarious. I laughed out loud and I just can't wait to watch her grow as an apprentice under Claire. Mm. I think that'll be very neat for the show. And my other comment is that I love, 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 love all the jackets and knitwear, but as I'm not too far from where they are, I'm wondering how they're not sweating their tails off. Agreed. Um, For all these clothes to be necessary, it would have to be like one of our three cold weeks in January. Agreed. Of course, I'm joking, but um, it's going to be hot soon. So I hope they ditch the knitwear or it will not be accurate at all. Okay. Well, actually, I love the network. But anyway, okay. Thanks for letting me call in. Love the show. Talk to you later. Bye. You know, I've been really struggling. I'm trying to figure out what season it is, what month it is. And I'm looking at the foliage and especially the scene when Jamie was talking to Myrtle by the by the little river. And that's it. I'm thinking if you're in North Carolina, you guys are going to get a little sweaty and stinky yourselves pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but absolutely. I also don't know for modesty's sake. I feel like whatever we see you know, drawings and depictions and stuff of people from the olden times. They wore a lot of clothes, so they maybe they wore so much so they wouldn't stink. Like, they would just kind of, like, smother the stink in all the knitwear. <laughs> so, so much deodorant happening. Katie, what do you know about, about clothing from that time? Nothing. But Brie, I did notice in this episode, Brie was extraordinarily well-dressed when she's running out to meet the carriage of the guy with appendicitis. Yes. And I was like, why... She's very well dressed just for sitting around the house that day. And I thought, is that from Jocasta? Where is that her one dress? Is it her nice dress? Why is she wearing that? Yes. Because if I lived out there in the middle of nowhere, I would not be dressed nicely every day. I would be in I don't know, eighteenth century version of pajamas. Exactly. Exactly. Leggings <laughs> and a sweatshirt. With your flannel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something completely. Uh, let's get the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hey, Sharon. Hi. I want to give this episode a 4.8. And I love, love, loved the um, all the details on Fraser's Ridge. So much fun to see the candle dipping, all the little bits and bobs in Claire's surgery. I love the costumes. Oh, please, can I have Breeze hunting outfit? Oh, loved it. Mm-hmm. Um And my good was Marcelie. I just really loved it. I love when she's sort of stuttering and saying, you know, I think you guys both said, "Um, don't make me say it, don't make me say it. Just the way she did was so loving. Um, And that relationship is growing so nicely. My bad is the whole thing with Myrta and the regulators. I just, it's not ringing true to me. And Blake was right when he was talking about how long it was taking for them to explain what was going on. And that if you have to explain that much is a problem in the storyline. Um, I feel like it's too unwieldy too, because there's other things that Murtaugh could do. He could go back to Scotland. He could mm-hmm. retire at Lollybrock. Mm-hmm. He certainly earned it. Um, he could go into the wilderness. Yes. He could change his disguise. Like you guys yes. said, I feel more that he's putting Jamie in danger and Jamie's finally yeah. settled and Murtaugh's actions are really hurting him. So it's just not ringing true to me. I just, I wish they would have come up with something better. Okay. 
Bye. You know who Murtaugh's starting to remind me of? Because this is so on point. He has tons of options at this point. Um, and he is putting Jamie in danger. And he is Jamie's godfather. And he knows he's putting Jamie in danger. On the flip side, this is Murta, who has been persecuted by the British in one way or another for now decades. Um, and hates them. And it only wants to like leave this world a better place for the free man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Goodness, Marta. <laughs> well, I will say this. Sharon's streak, it continues. As much as I disagree about her Marta take, I agree with everything else. Yeah, bring it on this call. All right, we got we got one. What does Katie think? Well, we got one. We got one last oh. voicemail. Let, let's. I mean, Katie, if you have a pressing opinion on it, I'm happy to hear it. I'm good. All right. So we got one last, uh, we got one last uh, voicemail. I did, Katie. She's and, like, yeah, she's, I got I'm good. this, guys. Uh, th- and this is also, uh, Sharon is making her way to be a Hall of Fame Marion Blake caller. This is already an established Marion Blake Hall of Fame caller. Here we go. Hi, Marion Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Hey, Kathy. Yes. Well, clearly the honeymoon is over. I'm giving this episode three kilts, and that's generous. I've watched wow. it three times, and I feel like I should get a medal for putting up with it. <laughs> My good, I like that they're showing Bree's struggles through her drawings, and the scene where Roger discovers them was wonderful. Richard Rankin composing his face so he can smile at Jemmy's first steps was painfully sad. My bad, just about everything Claire did in this episode was insane. Blake, you're probably going to say stats of finades and kick me out of the Hall of Fame, but the truth is the truth. Dissecting a corpse with a ruptured appendix will stink to high heaven and that's before you leave it to rot in your own house for a few days. What were they thinking? And I don't think she has to worry about brewing antibiotics. If she keeps making bread at that rate, they're all going to starve to death first. <laughs> My great, as always, is Stephen Fracken Bonnet. He was the only thing that saved this episode from total disaster for me. Ed Spillers remains absolutely mesmerizing. I can't look away when he's on screen. If I wasn't postmenopausal and old enough to be his mother, and if I actually liked kids, I'd want to have his baby. Honorable mention goes to Herman Husband. I can't see him without thinking of Forrest Gump running across the desert. I'm pretty sure that's where they got that wig and beard. Bye, guys. See you next week. <laughs> that's a good one. Why? You know what? You know, stats are for nerds, but I'm keeping you in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm, oh my God, this call. If I actually liked kids, I don't want to have this baby. <laughs> the writers just need to hire her because that oh, was so funny. Oh, yes. Kathy. I liked the episode, but that was a great voicemail. Oh, Kathy. Just, oh man, that just made my day. That, I, I'm, I'm, crying. I'm literally crying. You are. Wow, that was one to go out on, ladies and gents. That Truly. was one to go out on, Kathy. That's why she's a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame caller. All right, that's the end of everything. That's all. That's all we got, Marvin. Katie. Well, yeah, Katie. What do you think about what about everything? <laughs> all of it. You got, you got any final thoughts? Any closing thoughts on this episode that you'd like to get to? Yep. Yeah, the there's been a lot of talk about Bonnet, and I kind of liked his presence at the end. It was maybe a tiny bit hokey, but Unlike Blackjack Randall, where we he's just obsessed with Jamie. Mm-hmm. Bonnet, like we know his motivation for getting back involved in the Fraser's life, in the Fraser's lives, right? Because mm-hmm. he's this whole thing about him being a father. So 
I'm curious how the, um, I thought that was a good ending to this episode. So I'm really curious how they're going to kind of weave his trajectory back into the characters that we all know and love. And I agree. I liked Breeze. Um, they show an honest struggle with what she's been through. And I'm mm-hmm. excited about, not excited about that. I'm excited to see that portrayed well. Yeah. I agree. Excellent. Well, um, how do we I'm feel an- about the the up next week little clip? We are supposed to do it. I I can bring it up real quick, but it, you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to stretch this out for me if okay. you don't mind. Sure. And how did you feel about last week's episode, Katie? I thought there was a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. and I was I'm not moved by wedding episodes. <laughs> Unlike me, where I'm like, just pour me a glass of wine, and I'll be like Claire on the side, just laughing, and <laughs> like it was all it was all enjoyable. Yeah, I think I watched it twice. I mean, it was good enough for me to watch it twice. Yeah. but I liked this one a lot better. Like things move, were moving forward, so mm-hmm. that's that's just like my personal what I like in a good Outlander episode. What would you think of Jamie in this episode? He was definitely between the fires. Yeah, right. Goodness. And I agree with both of you. The wigs are good. Much better. I was not distracted by weird bangs. No. Rogers Rogers' wig is the only one that distracts me because it's so perfect. And <laughs> as it's like too Yes. And I, as someone who like makes a ponytail on my daughter's hair every single day, I'm like, how are there no flyaways? <laughs> 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 that's a good point i'll pay more attention to rogers rogers wig but oh i liked both episodes this one was more my style yeah yeah uh, let's it, see I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to bring all this up i can't seem to find you it. just have joy to the world i do well no i can't <laughs> oh actually you know what hold on i may be able to do that on youtube hold yeah on. baby that's how we all do it all right hold on youtube solves the problem for everything sorry because I, I i have the episode on our computer to go through it all um uh, but i i i can't seem to find the actual episode for That's whatever okay. reason. Someone's so, uploaded it by now. I know. Well, I'll say for the um, for those that aren't watching this, the Marion Blake setup is really impressive. You should oh. like this is a nice opportunity to plug beca- becoming a patron on Patreon. Oh, like, they're working you. really hard. They have all these microphones and fancy equipment. And oh, <laughs> it's like a lot you. to manage in the course of one episode that they make for everyone. So thank oh, you, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that, kid. That is quite nice of you. And I am so thrilled that we've now got this setup where we can like see you hardcore and uh, the viewers watching live in the clan gathering can see you. It is. It's it's been a a good work in progress. Blake has cool. Blake set this nice goal to to update the studio for this season, and it's working out. So thank you for the compliment. All right, You're I, th- so I sweet. think I got it. I think I got it. So uh, let's see what we got here. Hold on one sec, Katie. You just have to listen and picture it in your mind. I can do that. <laughs> Stephen Bonnet is alive. Bree doesn't know, does she? No. That's one small blessing. Stop! Thief! I'm Tenshin, a man who lives not far from here. Huh. Cleon and I will go see this, Mr. Beardsley. Mm. There's something what? very strange about this place, Jamie. What's upstairs? Don't go up there! Uh, uh, well, well, t- <laughs> whoa, whoa. Did you not see it before? No, remember we watch we watch it on listener feedback episodes. Oh, I've already watched it. Yeah, no, I'm getting a, a very hills have eyes <laughs> feeling from the Beardsleys. Like, don't go up there. Like, what do you hide and do? That Sloth you love chunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Any Goonies fans? Oh my god! Hey, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting a very hills that have was eyes intense, feeling. Huh? That was 
I mean, well, obviously we're gonna get the bonnet thing, whatever. But this beard, this is creepy. This like the way the girls like looking out of the out of the out of the window. It's like you know, like whoa, crazy. All right, well, uh, that is that, Marvin. You ready to close this bad boy out? Well, let's ask Katie what she thinks about next week's little teaser. Fair enough. Katie, what do you got? Yeah, I think we're into the Monster of the Week episodes next week. It'll be good. Yes. Oh, Monster of the Week. Good. Good, good job yeah. there. I like that. Good reference. Uh, anything else, Marvin? No, that's it. All right, let's close this out. Do we have outlandish theories? No, we can't. We, that, that's, not listen, that's not listener feedback. Why can't Katie have an outlandish theory? Because she's read the book. Oh. I've read the books, yeah. See? Yeah. When, when, the, case, Marta, episode five. That's my outlandish. There you go. That was it. Right? All right, let's close it out. Okay. Well, that is that. You found an illustrated cartoon version. I did. Wow. I did. It's really creepy. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to take Katie down real quick and put this up. I'm going to put this up so, so people can see. You can see it. Katie is now sharing a screen with the really creepy cartoon <laughs> version. <laughs> there Goodness. we go. Okay. Oh. There we go. So uh, let's close this bad boy out. Katie, you got anything to plug? Anything you want to talk about while we uh, let's while pull we watch? Back up, take the frog down. While we watch Crazy Frogs. <laughs> Here, hold on, Katie. I can't hear you because Blake's music is too loud. Hold on one second. So hold on. I can fix that. Oh my gosh. There we go. Katie, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, let me let me plug you guys. You know, it's really fun to be here, to be on the setup. Everyone should become a patron if they're not already, if you're listening to the podcast. And um, it's really fun to be part of the community. And yeah, so... uh, Thank you. Seriously, this has been such a joy. And it's thanks to patrons like you, honestly, that this is possible. I mean, uh, you know, we've been doing this now for quite some time, and it's come a long way since podcasting on our dining room table. And it's true. Thanks and thanks in a huge, huge part to patrons like you, Katie. So thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Marvin, you got any, uh, any where everybody can find us? Maryandblake.com. Anything else you want to say? That's about it. For now, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. And joining us is Katie. All right. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Oh,